I began to hear from the Philippines, I began to hear from Japan, and I began to hear from Vietnam and Cambodia, and then it, then it began to go over into India, and then it began to go into the Middle East, and I began to hear from countries that are not always so open to the gospel. That excited me, and I said, I can literally participate in outreach around the world over the uh, internet. And I thought, I've got to see if I can develop this opportunity. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Today's guest is a perfect example of figuring out how his little sphere of the world fits in uh, with the Big C Church. I think you'll be blessed. Jim Palmer is the kind of guy that, uh, after a couple of minutes, you feel like you've known him your entire life. If you don't know him yet, you should, and you'll probably feel like you do in about 40 minutes from now. Hey, it's small group season at Current Church. Fall small groups underway this past week. If this is of interest to you, check out the current church social media pages for information. I know Franklin and Whiteland, the second and fourth Wednesday nights of the month at 6.30. And the Indianapolis small group, second and fourth Thursday nights at 7 o'clock at the Hensley home. Again, more details online. Don't want to waste time today. We have a loaded conversation with Jim Palmer. He brings a unique perspective to the table, uh, serving decades as a lead pastor of churches he and kathy have been a great asset to our body for the last 12 14 months or so thanks for listening i remember last year in october during pastor appreciation month uh, during the sunday when we celebrated pastor appreciation day you got up on the mic for about three seconds and you said, for the first time in however many years, I can say this, I love my pastor. Yes. First of all, how many years was it? And second of all, what was your thought process at that point? Well, I had been a senior pastor for about, about 40 years, and we started in ministry as children and music pastors. And uh, it wasn't until about five or six years into ministry did we actually take the reins of, of being a senior or a lead pastor. So for you in 2017, it's now be under Pastor Gene, for lack of a better word. <laughs> there you go. What was, what was Pastor Appreciation Day 2017 like for you? Well, it, it gave me a sense of fulfillment, and it was a privilege to be able to say, I love my pastor because I had not had the privilege of doing that. We had been the recipients of Pastor Appreciation Day all this time, and I was looking back and thinking, I can actually say that myself about another pastor. But for you, it was always uncomfortable. It was, it was somewhat uncomfortable, yes. 
nice but uncomfortable. I, I've spent my life uh, serving others and giving my attention towards others and not really trying to focus on my own, own personal self. And so my, my children provided this day for my wife and I. Um, I start, we started ministry together from the day we were married because I had already been in the ministry for a few months previous to our, our wedding ceremony. And uh, so we'd spent 45 years of ministry together. And in all that time, all those years, all that time, um, it, it was focusing on others. And for to have somebody to focus on us for a day like that, not that people did not, had not shown appreciation or shared love towards us, but for us to be the center of attention, that was quite uncomfortable, I'll have to say. We're here with Jim Palmer here on the Big C, Little C podcast. Let's go ahead and introduce the keyboard into the equation. Uh, what's your favorite hymn? Uh, my favorite hymn? Oh, I've got so many of them. Uh, I, in fact, I've been practicing and working and recording some of the old hymns of the church. For instance, uh, I, I like this one. Let me just play it and not sing it, all right? That's fair. Okay. some jazz influence yes i have to admit i lean a little bit towards the jazzy side in this day and age where does that come from i don't know i don't know where it came from i began to listen to a little little bit of jazz a few years ago and i just picked it up and it took hold it's working okay all right that was jim palmer with what a friend we have in jesus (laughs) um i asked you before we started rolling tape did you consider yourself a musician or did you consider yourself a preacher first because you've done a lot of both well my answer was i began to pick up on the music side at the pushing and shoving and dragging of my parents to take piano lessons at first i thought that was that's kind of cool i'm an eight-year-old boy i get a chance to take uh, piano lessons in fact we were living in greencastle indiana at the time and the teacher was from depaul university which is the campus there in greencastle and so i would walk about three blocks from the grade school that i was attending I would walk about three blocks to the campus of DePaul University into the music building and begin to take piano lessons there. And so that, that was my beginnings. I didn't always enjoy it. I didn't like to practice for 30 minutes a day. In fact, uh, I began to kind of detest it towards the end of my five years of lessons. And it was not, was not fun in the beginning. Would you say piano to this day is a passion of yours? It is. Yes, it is. In what different ways have you been able to utilize that? Has that kind of come out uh, during the course of your life? Well, the years that we have served as pastor, it seems as if, and I know God had all of this planned, it seems as if uh, the churches that I pastored 
I needed to play the piano. I was the only pianist that I, I know of, uh, I can remember. Uh, and so I began to understand that my ministry was not just for preaching, but I needed a music component as well. And so it, it began to fit. Would you say that was the case for the, that you were on, on a lot of Sundays, you were both playing the piano and then preaching? Almost every Sunday. Almost every Sunday. Almost every Sunday of my, uh, my, my pastoral involvement, I was involved in playing an instrument, usually the piano. What's a hymn that we could hear you play and sing? Mm. Let's see. I'll uh, try a favorite of mine. Hymn, chorus, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll just do a, I'll do a, a hymn, chorus. Yes. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Now, I must admit, I feel a little uncomfortable singing these days for a variety of reasons, but we may talk about that later. We may, but um, it sounds like your singing chops are in fine order. All right. Speaking with Jim Palmer here on the Big C, Little C podcast, a former pastor now, a part of our church at Current. Great encouragement, I might add. What has, uh, you been with us for a little bit over a year. Yes, yes. My inkling would be the gatherings look different at times from places you might have been along the way. This is true. What has that transition been like for you and your wife? <laughs> Well, I was, of course, used to a, a little, little different genre, musically speaking, but I enjoy. I've always enjoyed a diverse worship experience. I'm not locked in. I think that has something to do with my, my kids. They've always stretched me, and I've been willing, most of the time, to be stretched, whether it was musically or, or other areas of life itself. And so I really haven't felt uncomfortable at all. I've, I was warmly welcomed. My wife and I were warmly welcomed. Of course, my son and his family were already a part of the congregation. And so we felt comfortable. But yeah, the, the difference is, uh, was the difference between a more traditional compared to a more contemporary, I guess we could say. From an outsider's perspective, or from, from where I sit, it feels like you view your responsibility as an encouragement and a support to Pastor Gene. Yes, as something to be taken very seriously. So if Pastor Gene, frontman Gene, there you says, go. <laughs> we're having prayer in the Piston Room at 515, you're there. You are quick to encourage, albeit briefly, but publicly. You have trod where he treads. So you have a unique perspective probably on, on his day-to-day. -day. As you look back and as you reframe your role, as perhaps an encourager in his life, what does that look like for you? Well, having some insight, I know some of the pressures that other people do not know maybe in a congregation. I feel some of the, sometimes the same, maybe anguish or anxiety ministering to people and wanting to help the best I can. And sometimes that's challenging and sometimes that's difficult. And so what I've tried to do, at least I'm, I'm working on that, is try to be someone that I would want somebody to do for me. Most of my years of ministry, I did not, not have maybe a retired minister or a fellow minister on my staff or in my congregation, let me put it that way. 
And so I didn't have that privilege. So what I want to do is I'm, I want to be there just to show, I can actually say, someone, I know what you're going through. I can feel the way you feel. Uh, I can think sometimes the way you're thinking. And I just want you to know that I support you and I pray for you and I'm here for you. That's good. And, and along those lines, maybe speak to the rest of us in the body. What should we know about our pastor? Maybe not specifically Pastor Gene, but what would you like us to know? How would you like us to approach our pastor and, and the ways we pray for him and support him? What kinds of things maybe get overlooked that the average church goer doesn't understand? First of all, pastors are human. They have feelings. Uh, they struggle. It's not that the spiritual component that does not drive them and does not strengthen them. But what I'm trying to say is many times people look at pastors up on a pedestal as if they're a different breed. In many respects, maybe that is in some cases because of their full-time focus, but the emotions and the struggles and the feelings, they're the same. In general, do you feel like what could pastors use more of? from the members of the body? Is it more uh, verbal encouragement? Is it better attendance? Is it all of the above? <laughs> what, from, from your experience, what, what would you say to those people? Of course, prayer would be at the top of the list. An open ear, because they have been given a mandate, pastors have been given a mandate to speak and to give direction. And pastors want to sense that the people that they are shepherding are listening and caring what is being said. You see, a, a pastor has a multi-purpose role, but what they have to say needs to be heard. I believe that. They've studied the Word of God. They've tried to have a listening ear continually to the voice of the Spirit. And when they step into the pulpit, at least this is the way it should be, when they step into the pulpit, they have something from the heart, not only from their heart, but hopefully from the heart of God. And so when they stand or whatever the position they're in and they give a delivery, they long for people to listen, not to them, but to God. If they've heard something from the Lord, they want to pass that along. And so that's very important to a pastor, I know personally. At some point, we'll go to break, and then when we come back, I want to dig into what ministry looks like for you now and um, some different ways that we can be praying for you as well. Um, but before we do that, as you look back on your pastorates, how many different locations were you placed? I, I pastored uh, one church in Illinois, and over the years, I believe about five, five churches in Indiana. Sarah, so, um, what would be one prevailing common theme that you could look back now and retrace in your ministry or uh, a concept or principle that you feel like uh, God taught you through your years of, of ministry thus far? Well, there has been a theme in, in our ministry. It's something that the Lord prompted me and burned into my soul, I guess we would say, from John chapter 14, verse number 12. It goes, goes like this. He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. I looked at that verse of Scripture, and I, I, I was in my late teens, actually, when I come across that verse of Scripture, and it began to hit hard to me. I thought, how in the world, as I look ahead in my years of ministry coming up, how can anyone do greater works than Jesus? And if that's my calling, what is that going to look like? What is that going to look like? No one can be greater 
in power or strength or ministry than Jesus. I believe what Jesus was saying is there's going to be a greater need. And the church has to catch a vision, not just thousands around the world, and not just a few million, but here we are, I believe, somewhere between seven and eight billion people on the planet. And so the scope of ministry had to be greater. The outreach of ministry had to be greater. That's the, the term greater. And so the Lord seemed to speak to my heart that I was a part of a team that would extend ministry to more people. And actually, I, I heard some statistics a few years ago. I don't remember exactly where, where I read this at, and I believe it to be a reputable statement. But there were, at that point in time, just, this was maybe around 2007, 2008, there are as many people coming into the kingdom of Christ in a matter of just less than an hour than what came to Christ on the day of Pentecost. Oh, wow. And I thought, the scope of ministry is greater in that area. And so I'm glad to be a part of that. Fascinating. You mentioned, um, or you referred to Craig and Jonalyn, who have been a part of us for a long time. And, of course, you and your wife, Kathy. Um, tell us about the rest of your family here before we get a break. Uh, I have a daughter. Her and her family are on staff at a church in Virginia. They've been there for uh, five or six years. I have a son, my oldest son, and his family are pastors in Peru, Indiana. I believe they've been there for about 15 years. I have a son and his wife that are in, involved in ministry, not on staff at a church, but involved in ministry in Nashville, Tennessee. My son's also a part of the recording industry, not performing, is, but doing recording technical work. And um, his wife or my daughter-in-law, she's a nurse at Vanderbilt Hospital, but they are both involved in the worship ministry at their church in Nashville. We are recording in a radio studio. This is not your first time on the radio. You once told me that you had a prior brush with greatness on the air. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, are, you are flattering <laughs> What uh, what was that? That was back in Illinois. You told me. Yeah, it was the first church that we pastored. I was determined to do everything I could to fulfill my uh, call to ministry as quickly as possible, and so I, I allowed myself the opportunities to do everything I could, uh, cram my week full of this, that, and the other. And radio happened to be one of those opportunities. And I said, "Yes, I'll do it." Little did I know what that entailed. But I was involved in five years on a 15-minute broadcast on a secular station there in, uh, in Illinois doing a prophecy program entitled The Next Big Event. And uh, I, I had my uh, mixing tape recorder, cassette tape player, and I would, uh, had my opening music and my closing music, and I squeezed in there a song and uh, a short uh, scripture and a little... Uh, word along with that and uh, that was my radio experience for five years i enjoyed it it was fun i've been told those tapes still exist somewhere but i have not <laughs> been privy to any any thus far well there may be <laughs> uh, when we get back we're going to talk some about my god journey as well as your what, what ministry looks like for you current day uh why don't you take us to break with um Another one of your uh, favorites. We'll get into the children's music when we get back. Sure. But, uh, maybe another one that's been a huge encouragement to you. Okay. Okay. 
Jim Palmer with How Great Thou Art on the Big C Little C Podcast. We'll be right back. Bluebell ice cream is a spoonful of smiles, a bowl full of celebration, and two scoops of down-home optimism. It's a birthday party's grand finale, a first date's icebreaker, and a second trimester's persistent craving. Bluebell is a soft landing from a hard day. Its hand-cranked taste takes you back to simpler times. That's why we put the word home right on the carton. Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Daniel, Ben Adonai, from He Is Revival Ministries. Our heart is to see the church healthy, whole, and moving in the power of God. We've dedicated our lives as traveling ministers to help support and encourage the church, to help build up the church, advance the kingdom, and bring a true message of revival. We'd love for you to partner with us in prayer and financially. Connect with us online at heisrevival.com. Click on Give to make a monthly recurring donation. And keep up with us on facebook.com slash heisrevival. Hey, this is Gene, the front man at Current Church, and glad you found our podcast. Hope you'll find something that you can enjoy and you can take away with you. You can hit me up directly, uh, gene at currentchurch.net. Love to field any questions you might have regarding me or the church or the podcast or anything that's happening there. Hopefully you'll find out through this time that we're just a family of people that love Jesus and are working it all out from day to day, just trying to figure it out as we go with the Holy Spirit directing us every step of the way. Yeah, we make some mistakes, but I think we're probably doing some stuff right. If you ever want to visit us, you can find us at 230 Commerce Drive. We meet at The Gear in Franklin, 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. You can sleep in, come hang out on Sunday night. It's what I do. You can visit our website, currentchurch.net, or on all the social medias-ish. Instagram at currentchurchfranklin, Facebook slash currentchurch. This is my best radio voice. It's also the only voice I have. Hey, now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Big C, Little C, a podcast ministry of Current Church. You were telling me before we started recording that in the current season of your life, your mission is to make every day count. I know that one of the things that you're doing, at least publicly, is a Facebook group called My God Journey. I believe that's the correct terminology, Facebook group. Um, how did that come to be? Is that something that's uh, – see, I, I didn't know about this until you started going to current, so maybe that goes back a ways. How did that relate to your pastoral ministry? And then post-pastoring, do you feel like that's your new mode of ministry? It's still evolving. Um, it started happening slowly while I was at our last pastor, maybe about a year before we resigned the church. And I began to get involved in Facebook basically to promote or make announcements and share what was going on at the church. And then I had the opportunity to um, pick up on a particular video that I saw on Facebook, and I, I asked permission if I could use it on our page. And I placed it on the page, and I don't know, know what the official line you crossed to go viral, but for me, it was viral. It wasn't something that I produced, but it was something that I asked to share, and I shared it, and it literally went around the world in the following weeks. I began to hear from the Philippines, I began to hear from Japan, and I began to hear from, from Vietnam and Cambodia, and then it, then it began to go over into India, 
And then it began to go into the Middle East. And I began to hear from countries that are not always so open to the gospel. And uh, that excited me. And I said, I can literally participate in outreach around the world over the uh, Internet. And I thought, I've got to see if I can develop this opportunity. And so that began to spur me on to get involved. And so I guess that's the beginnings. Were you inclined towards technology before that? I, try, I was trying to, um, but that really spurred me on to learn. I, I began to participate on a very strong learning curve. Because you have, have you taught yourself video editing and audio and all yes. that? Yes. Yeah, that's all self-taught? Yes. Yeah, because um, you're not a millennial. Um, Far from I, it. I feel, I feel like I can say that <laughs> safely. But you are, you're generating content, no? Working um, at it, yeah. <laughs> what kinds of things are you making? Uh, I'm making scripture music videos is what I primarily focus on. I'm doing some um, music videos basically with some of the older hymns of the church, not only because that was what I have raised on, but also because I don't have to worry about copyright problems. It's public domain material. And so um, I'm putting together the music videos that I'm able to share over Facebook without any problems. So might the Internet and technology play directly into John 14, yes. 12? Obviously, I think that, that it was connected to that, yes. I've never heard that before, but I believe it. And, and seeing what you're doing, I mean, you have a passion for this Facebook group, right? I mean, what, what is your main purpose with My God Journey? Well, let, let me just say we've transferred it from a group page to, to a public page now. It's Facebook. Fairly recently, right? Fairly um, recently. Yep, six months and ago. And so it, it's still entitled My God Journey, but we just changed it. There were advantages that I wanted to, to take advantage of. But uh, twofold, I want to encourage others to share Christ. And so I, I give them the opportunity to take what the Lord has poured into me and to pour it into them. It's almost kind of like a church on the internet, so to speak. I, I try to receive something that the Lord puts in my spirit, and then I try to put it in a technology format and put video and music together, and then I pass it along to those who are followers or friends of my Facebook friends, and then they pass it along, and it just kind of spreads. Stop me if you must. You mentioned you resigned from your last pastorate. At what point did you realize that you might need to do that? What was the mental journey like for that? And then with the advent of the internet and your self-taught technical skills, is it not like God to say, okay, that was then. Mm -hmm. This is what pastoring, if it's a church on the internet, (laughs) looks like now. Is that not like God yeah. to say that was then, this yep. is what it looks like yeah. now? I don't know about other people, but my journey, my God journey, my journey has always been a surprise to me. I've never been able to look very far into the future. The Lord's kind of kept me in the dark, so to speak, and I'm kind of glad of that because I don't know that I would know, want to know everything about two years or five years or ten years down the road. And so just taking it a day at a time. But about five years ago, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And um, in fact, um, it was the week before my wife and I were getting ready to celebrate our 40th wedding anniversary. And our children had, had prepared a trip for us. And so we took this news into our celebration, and we began to grapple and wrestle with it. 
but I would have to admit, in a spiritual sense, something triggered in the inside of me, and I had this thought. I have prayed for others who have received news like this and encouraged others that have received news like this and walked alongside others who have received news. I've encouraged him with a statement like this. And the statement goes along like, God's going to do something for you. He's going to help you. He's going to bless you. And so the thought came to my mind, now I get to see God do something for me in my hour of crisis and need. Again, being put on the other side of the life experience, instead of being the minister, I now get to receive ministry. And I was kind of taken back by the news that the doctor shared. But at the same time, I thought almost like, now I get to see what God's going to do for me. And uh, that kind of took the uh, edge off of the news, to say the least. Um, so then uh, when we was asked to serve at our final pastorate, I went in to the interview with the church board and I, I told them, I, I want to let you know up front, I've been diagnosed with Parkinson's. It's still very early. And I just want to let you know up front that if you ask us to be your pastor, I will only serve as long as I feel like I can physically and mentally serve appropriately and properly. And when that day comes, I will let, if and when that day comes, I will let you know. And so it will not be uncomfortable for either you or myself. And so uh, about a year and a half ago, I made that determination that it looked like that would be in our future. And so I share that with them, and we begin to make preparations for that transition. How much do you want people to know about your day-to-day, maybe your mental battles, your struggles, and, and how can we be praying for you? Um, I see Parkinson's as uh, not a real problem. I see it as an inconvenience because I'm determined to still fulfill my, the call of God upon my life. I'm still determined to be an, an effective minister for the Lord that I serve, whatever shape or form that is. Right now, it seems to be in the form of internet or social media. We also are serving as volunteers a couple of blocks down from where we live at an assisted living center. We are doing music ministry there and doing Bible study. And so I see each day as an opportunity to continue, and I want to emphasize that word, to continue fulfilling that call of God. And I'm enjoying every minute of it. That's good. Again, you told me right now it's all about making every day count for you. I don't know if I said this earlier. I mean, tip of the cap for you to self-educate and use the resources. There's a lot of bad on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have to look too hard. But yeah, hats off to you for, for lack of a better word, evolving and continuing. Well, I like that word. I want to thank my kids yeah. for stretching me and pushing me and encouraging me because that, that made all the difference in the world. Well, speaking of kids, we'll lighten it up a little okay. bit. I know you compose music. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk you into playing a non-children's original composition, but we'll ease you in. I know uh, now you're living in the same structure as a couple of granddaughters. Yes, and we you are. are uh, generating some original music. So 
let's head that direction. What are some children's things you're working on? I love, I've, I've always enjoyed working with children's ministries. In fact, as I shared a little earlier in the broadcast, we started in children's ministries. We tried to stay fresh in children's ministries all our pastoral years. We would do children's crusades. We were asked to do some statewide camps uh, here in Indiana, and I think one in uh, Wisconsin early in our years of ministry. And we really enjoyed it. We did the puppets thing. We did the the theme thing. Uh, I can remember one of our early themes back in the late 70s when the trucking theme was big in our country. And uh, I put together for the children's ministries a theme called Trucking for Jesus. And uh, I remember I wrote a song. We are trucking for Jesus every day. We are traveling down heaven's highway. We are always on the move for we know he's coming soon. We are trucking for Jesus, trucking for Jesus, trucking for Jesus every day. And then we had the kids say, 10 4. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, we, we stayed first in children's ministries and I began to write music and I enjoyed it. What's another one? Okay. Um, Jesus is a friend of mine, friend of mine, friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine, and I love him so. Jesus hears me when I pray, when I pray, when I pray. Jesus hears me when I pray, he's a friend of mine. You showed me your studio uh, last week. <laughs> you got quite a setup there. Tell us about it. Um, I, of course, I have my keyboard. I have my Apple laptop computer, large screen, uh, speakers, got my microphone. Uh, I have a little camera that I do video with. I can do live, although I'm struggling to do live. I don't like the way I look. You and me both, brother. <laughs> But, I, but uh, yeah, I have a studio, and I appreciate the opportunity to use it. This thing is real deal. I, I was super impressed. It uh, fits nicely into a little nook off the bedroom. It looks like it was meant to be. Uh, what's a recent song that you've been singing with your granddaughters that you've written? Here's one that we sang a few weeks ago. Let's see. If we... It's the story of Noah. I, I put together a theme for children's ministry several years, years ago called Getting Ready to Go. It's, it's, it's a prophecy theme for kids. And this, was the, this is the theme song. It goes like this. Hey, Noah, I heard you build an ark. Hey, Noah, it's getting kind of dark. Hurry up and get the family and the animals in before the thunder and the wind and the rain begins. And then the, the song goes along with that talks about getting ready to go to see Jesus one day. And we, we t teach the children this song. Get ready to go to see my Jesus. Getting ready to go to live with him. No matter what other people may say, I'm going to live for Jesus every day. Now it's time to get on board, live for the Lord. Getting ready to go. Are these songs available online, on YouTube, on CD? 
Um, cassette tape. I'm getting sheet music. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have recorded some of them. Um, I'm putting them on another Facebook page. Aha. Uh-huh. In a program format, and the Facebook page is entitled "The Journey Kids Club." Goes along with God Journey, the Journey Kids Club, and um, I've got a couple of 14, 15 minute programs that I've put together, and it includes some of the music that I've written. I like it. Am I going to be able to talk you into playing a non-children's original for us? A non? Okay, sure. <laughs> I can do that. And I wrote this several years before the diagnosis of Parkinson's, but it has blessed me and encouraged me. If it doesn't bless anybody else, it blesses me because I know that I know that I know that Parkinson's is not a problem for God. And I'm expecting a miracle at some point in time. And this song is how I feel. I claim a miracle from the Lord today. Even though it seems impossible, God will make a way. I know He cares enough for me to help me in mine hour of need. I claim a miracle from the Lord today. I claim a miracle from the Lord today. Even though it seems impossible, God will make a way. I know He cares enough for me to help me in mine hour of need I claim a miracle from the Lord today John fourteen twelve. I got that every day counts mm. And continue. Mm-hmm. All you're doing is just continuing. Yeah. I like it. I have um, been incredibly blessed this last 45 minutes or so. You were a very humble and willing guest. I appreciate it. I haven't done this, but I, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you to speak a, a word of prayer over current church, over um, our body, and over our pastor, if you don't mind. It's a privilege. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I appreciate the ministry of current church. I appreciate open arms to receiving us to be a part of the congregation. I appreciate the vision and the determination of our pastor, Gene, and his family. I pray, Lord, that you would minister in greater ways and in greater proportions than ever before, and that the love of Jesus will shine brighter than ever before. And that the power of God's Spirit would flow deeper and richer than ever before. And Lord, that you would just help us as a church, help us as a ministry to know you better, to
to follow you better and to serve you better. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Jim. And we're standing with you, praying for a miracle with you. Uh, thanks for your time today. I'm going to ask you to play us out. Uh, your choice. What should we end with today? How about Blessed Assurance? How about it? You've been listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana, and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C. Little C.